Hello, everyone, and welcome back to New and Nerdworthy. Uh, this is your weekend review from August uh, 9th to today, August 16th. We'll cover any and all news that dropped in that time span, and we're going to go ahead and jump right in. This is Ian. This is Tanner, and like Ian said, we're just going to jump right in with something we talked about last week. Uh, I had the pleasure, I suppose, of of seeing Free Guy uh, this weekend. Uh, I got bored on, on Saturday, so uh, the wife and I decided we were going to check it out. Um, it was kind of surreal going back to the theater uh, again and seeing uh, some some movie posters, which we snagged, which was kind of nice. Oh, yeah. Know. I had forgotten they even did that, to be honest with you. But they existed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they saw a Black Widow did one. You, did you get a comic when you saw Suicide Squad? No, no. Yeah. We went, a- a- AMC handed out comics. Suicide Squad. That's where I went, though, which is weird. They didn't give me one. Oh, those bastards. I saw an IMAX. I don't know if that matters, but... Um, That's what I saw it in. Yeah. Well, they... they well, whatever. You got gypped. Snooze you I didn't mean to interrupt from that. <laughs> yeah. A little tangent there. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, and I'll give you a non-spoiler review, because I think there are some, some great aspects of this movie that have been kept under wraps, so I'm not going to spoil any of that for for anybody out there. I had very low expectations. Um, when I first saw the, the trailers and the teasers for free guy, um, it, it kind of looked like one of those typical corny, uh, you know, offshoot movies, but you know, I'll say I was really impressed. Um, Ryan Reynolds is great. Uh, of course, um, Steve, yeah, yeah, Steve from Stranger Things. I, I'm not going to call him by his actual name because that's the only thing that, he, that matters to me is Steve. Uh, he's great. Um, I don't even know his real name to be honest. With you. <laughs> I couldn't he's come up with Steve it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's just Steve from Stranger Things. I, I thought the cast was really good. Um, you know, the they have the 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 one guy from Pitch Perfect to the the um, the Indian actor who is like really funny uh, from oh, from yeah. Pitch Perfect too. He's in it and he's great. And Taika. Taika is probably the weakest part of the movie, which is saying something because he's still funny and he's diabolical. And I, he, his motivations were kind of questionable to me. I, so, uh, I mean, generally speaking, he's just a giant dick. Um, that's not really too much, spoiler, <laughs> I guess, but I mean, that's, that's basically what his bad guy, uh, mantra is in this movie. Right. Um, and so like, again, like I said, I walked in with pretty low expectations, uh, you know, kind of maybe with some enhanced expectations after I started seeing some reviews. Uh, and I actually found this movie to be really, really entertaining. It's not one of these movies that's going to blow you away from a story standpoint. Uh, the story right. is obviously the weakest. There's some great, uh, there's some great cameos. There's some great, um, you know, uh, references to, to various video games. Uh, you see a lot of very popular like Twitch streamers throughout, which is, which was interesting. Cool. Um, yeah, even IGN has their own plug in it. So in case you're, (laughs) you know, so was it it them giving, was it them giving free guy a a seven? Like they give everything else that they ever (laughs) review basically. Yeah. I mean, but it was, I mean, it was, it was really cool. Um, again to me. So I guess I, I should frame this up, uh, for my money, ready player one is probably my favorite video game based movie of all time i love ready player one uh to to the i'll take take that to my grave i know some people 
hate on it and that's fine. But I, I, you know, I think that the people hate on it are all those people who are diehard fans of the book, which they absolutely have every right to be. It's a great book, but the, the movie is different. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I love, I loved it for what it was. Um, right. I, I wouldn't say free guys that good. Um, but I, I do think it's a solid, it's, it's a solid flick. I would, I want to say family flick, but it's a little more aggressive than I thought. Um, okay. in terms of language. So if you got like little kids, I'd probably stay away. I mean, it's, it's pretty suggestive PG 13. Um, in case any of our followers are like, Hey, do I want to take my five-year-old to it? Uh, right. I, maybe stay away from that. I don't think it's that clean. Um, again, it's not, you're not getting like your R rated Deadpool or anything. Like right. That. But yeah, uh, it was a bit more, it kind of was like, took me aback a little bit. I was like, okay, that's, that's a bit aggressive. Um, but overall solid friend, uh, entry. I probably, you know, I kept going back between like a seven and a half and an eight. I ended up landing on about a 7.8. I think the story is like, okay. Like I said, the story's okay. Um, the cameos right. are awesome. I think it's really funny. I laughed more than I thought I would. Um, yeah. The trailers don't give away anything, uh, which was Perfect. nice. Um, they're, if you've listened to our last uh, <laughs> deep dive, you'll understand how important that is to us. Agreed. And, and what I'll say, like, Certain things in the in the trailers are obviously still prevalent, and some of the jokes that land in the trailers are, are there. But uh, I, I'd say like some of the big shocker points, they really kept under wraps. So um, cool, I, I, like good for them. And like I said, I I'd give it a solid seven point eight. You know, probably not something I'll go see in theaters again. Uh, I'll probably wait till it comes out on you know video on demand or Disney Plus or whatever the hell they're doing with it over there. Um, yeah. But you know, I, if you're if you're looking for something to watch and you want to get out of the house for a little bit, it, it's it's a serviceable movie. You'll get some laughs out of it. Stakes are pretty low. Um, imagery is pretty good. So, I, you know, very very yeah, solid summer. Yeah, summer blockbuster. Bingo, bingo. But yeah, I mean, but yeah. So the more interesting part, at least to me, you know, being the guy who hasn't seen it yet is how it did at the box office because there are a lot of people looking to this movie as a uh, precursor of sorts to how the rest of the movie going year will play out Um, because this film free guy was theater only as Tanner said. So you couldn't buy this, you know, on, on iTunes or, uh, or you know any of the other places where you can buy movies, voodoo, whatever. Uh, the only way you could see this was in the theater, and it brought home twenty eight million in its first weekend at the box office. To put that Domest- in perspective, last week, right domestically, yes, apologies. Uh, put that in perspective, last week, the Suicide Squad, you know, a one hundred and you know, what was one hundred and sixty, one hundred and eighty million dollar blockbuster comic book film granted it was rated r and it did have an hbo max co-release it only brought home 26.2 million dollars domestically in its first weekend yep um and on top of that suicide squad only made 7 million this weekend that's a drastic drop yeah um 
So what do you think, Tanner? Do you think, you know, because all eyes are now on Shang-Chi. Um, do you think this is a good sign for Shang-Chi or a bad sign for Shang-Chi? For Shang-Chi? Well, I, you know, we'll get into uh, Shang-Chi a little bit um, yeah. in a minute as well. But I actually took this as, as, as generally a positive. I don't think... Again, free guy. I don't think. Again, this is a Fox carryover movie. It is now a Disney property. Right. I don't think Fox nor Disney really anticipated uh, this movie being like a giant tentpole. You know, five hundred yeah, million it, it, dollar. Yeah, it never yeah. seemed like a one hundred million dollar opener movie no, to begin with. No, no, and, and it's weird too, right? Because I mean, we're talking about this, and at the same time, I mean, Black Widow. I think is up over four hundred million now. So, like, is it? Like yeah. I think worldwide, I mean, I think three three hundred to four hundred. I think so. It's it's bizarre to me, and I don't know. Again, I think there's a little complication in there too, right? Because for me, Suicide Squad is like a perfect storm. Okay, like you've got the HBO yeah. Max release, you've got you know Delta picking back up, and so maybe yeah. there's some concern around that. But then you've also got a fan base that is pretty divided over everything over there. So like. Yes. The, the save the air cut. They don't want to go see the right. movie, the save the Snyder verse. They don't want to go see the movie. So you've lost a lot of your fan base where Marvel really hasn't pissed people off too bad to, to not go. Yeah. Like their base Knock on wood. Not yet. Right. 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 I mean, they have, but nobody, no, it's never stopped anybody from going and seeing the movie. So, um, right. I, I think it's an interesting case study here. I think it probably performed above what they thought it was going to at this point. Right. Um, It'll be interesting. And, and the other thing with Disney, and and I think if you're looking at it from a pure dollar standpoint, right? And that's what uh, leadership at Disney, and we've talked about this before. Leadership yeah, that's, at Disney. That's apparently all they much care about. Bingo. Uh, from a dollar's perspective, I think they've got the formula figured out, right? Because what they're going to do, even with Shang-Chi, and I think with Free Guy, I think from what I understand, and again, I, I'm not 100% sure on this, but. My understanding is a free guy will be available on Disney plus at some point. Um, yeah, that's what, that was my understanding as well. But, but Sean, I don't know the, yeah, I don't know for that. I don't know either, but what Sean Chi's doing, uh, they're releasing it in theaters and then 45 days later, it's going to pop up on Disney plus as premier access. Right. So they're going right. to ding you in the front and then they're going to ding you again. So basically mm-hmm. everybody that stopped buying DVDs, this is how they're going to make up for it. Um, so they, they've got two revenue streams and that's what Warner brothers has kind of fumbled. I think a little bit, um, right. while, while you keep your subscriptions up, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at some point if, you know, like with the suicide squad, if Warner brothers doesn't institute like a, uh, like a premier access type portal mm-hmm. on HBO max, because I think they're losing too much money on it. Yeah. And so I, yeah, would I like can't imagine that. The, like. Yeah. I can't imagine that the max, subscriber base is keeping up with the cost of some of these movies. No. And, and I don't, maybe I'm tattling on myself. So hopefully they can't like trace my IP address or whatever, but like I still have, <laughs> I still, have, I got HBO max through my uh, cable subscription. So because I have, yeah, so I mean, yeah, so, mine's through my cell phone. So yeah. I'm not actually paying them anything for HBO no. max itself. I'm just paying the, the normal cable fee for it. Um, to be fair, we are drastically overpaying for you know, <laughs> internet, internet and cellular. So maybe it makes up for it somewhere. Yeah. So I guess that was my long winded way of saying, you know, I, I, I'm hopeful 
right? I'm, I'm, I'm still right. a little worried about, uh, you know, I, maybe people just aren't as interested in going to the movies anymore. I mean, that could be right. part of the problem. I mean, we've gotten used to this like at home release uh, formatting right. and maybe that's part well, of it. And, and you know, the other part is so many people, not only, I mean, they've been at home and yeah, the release part and all of that, but you know, because they've been home, there are so many people who have upgraded their home setup. Me. <laughs> so yeah, for I mean, for the first time in a long, you know, a long time, there are a lot more people that have arguably a better quality picture at home than they do, especially in a, in a normal cinema, maybe even a better, you know, you're at least getting a better motion rate at home versus, you know, IMAX Dolby or a standard cinema. Yeah. So, so it, you know, there, there is also that. So, at, you know, at this point we took, we, we talked about it a little bit last week, you know, we, we, we said, you know, maybe we need to see a little bit more. Does this drop from 26.2 million to 7 million for Suicide Squad? Does that mean that it's flopping? You know, we, we saw some of those articles that it's flopping. Like, does that mean it is? Or is HBO Max really its crutch that's, you know, really pulling in all of its? Because, I mean, social media is still talking about the Suicide Squad. I think it's impossible. Like, for me, I think it's impossible to tell how successful Suicide Squad is without knowing right. what the streaming numbers are. Because, exactly. Because to me, at some level, Warner Brothers has to know if we're going to release these things uh, at the same time, both in, in theaters on, and on HBO Max for free right. with no extra charge. Okay. We've got to be ready to eat what we're going to lose from people that just, you know, want to stay home. Maybe right. you're busy. Maybe you have kids and you, you know, I mean, let's be honest, right? Like it's probably cheaper to, to most families than hiring a babysitter and having right. you know, mom and dad night out at the theater. Um, now you can just wait to, for the kids to go to bed and flip wait, on and Suicide and, Squad. You know, for the people who aren't getting, who don't have AT&T or, you know, uh, direct TV or any of that, they are paying the $15 a month because there aren't free trials anymore. They couldn't just get the two week free trial and what say because I wanted to watch Suicide Squad. Yep. Um, so you know maybe they are making a lot of money there. Um, that's yeah. a good question. But you know just from like a social standpoint, right now if you go to IMDb and you look there, they keep a list of the most searched like stars, like the most like the site with the most visited stars at the time. I think they update that like weekly or something like that. If you go look at that list, Daniela Melcher is number one right now. You know, there's a lot of reasons behind that, but <laughs> well, I mean, definitely a lot of reasons behind that. But you know, I think that is telling you. Yeah, and and and, and to be and honest actually, with you, actually, like, you know, with all the stars in that movie, everyone searching for her, you know, yeah, she, you know, the movie's obviously striking a chord with some people. And I'll be honest with you, like I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that. Warner brothers doesn't take this as a sign that suicide squad didn't work because again, as we've talked about, you and I both love that movie. I think yep. it works in a, in a lot of different ways. Um, mm -hmm. and it's James Gunn. I mean, that's just his, that's just the way he is and it's a style and he's free to do what he wants. So, um, I hope this doesn't cut against what their future plans are because if they produce more movies like this, they will get exactly. some dollars down, down the line. Right. And that's what Marvel Bingo. did. 
The problem is that's what I mean. If you look at like what, how much money, how much money did you know Iron Man was successful? It only, it, I mean, it made what six hundred million worldwide. Yeah, the first one depends on what Ish. you look at inflation or whatever, but right, exactly. Funky. But I mean, and you know, first first Avenger didn't even make four hundred yeah. worldwide. You know, so so they built they had to build the reputation too, just like they're fix the DC's fixing their reputation. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. So speaking of the box office, you know, we talked about how Shang Chi's kind of waiting is going to be that. Uh, and for, you know, lack of a of a better term, you know, we'll we'll jump right into the controversy. It's going to be what Chappet calls an experiment. Um, the box office predictions, which we'll get to in a minute, they're they're pointing towards you know some interesting numbers. But first, we're we're going to jump into a whole section here with Shang, with Shang Chi. We're going to hit this controversy first that's happened this week. So, you guys know if you've listened to any of our episodes that we do not enjoy Bob Chappick at all. We think he's making the worst decisions he possibly can for the Mickey Mouse company. Um, there was, a, I, I, I don't know if it was an earnings call or what, whatever it was. Um, he was quoted as saying that Shang-Chi was an experiment. Um, and, a, and some of the cast, including Simu Liu, did not uh, respond favorably to that comment. Um, they, 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 including, and this is, came from Simu directly on his Instagram and Twitter, um, responding that they are not uh, an experiment, that they are the underdogs. And he posted a bunch of behind the scenes photos along with his statement. Um, I try to be, I want to be as careful as possible when I say this because, you know, the things Simu said were not wrong. There are people that believe, I think, the sentiments that he was attacking. And that's, that part is wrong. But I don't think, just based off of like the context of the quote, I don't, I think I agree with you. And you're going to have your opinion here in a minute. That I, I don't think that that's necessarily, that when Chapik said that, it was an experiment. I don't think he was talking about the fact that it is abundantly an Asian American or Asian film, Asian heritage film. I, I don't think that's what the experiment was. It seems to me that the experiment he's talking about is releasing it in theaters, is releasing it solely in theaters for that 45 days. Yeah. I, um, I yeah, I can't, I, I don't know that I can agree more with you here again. As you guys know, when Bob Chappick needs to be reprimanded, I will do it. And if, yeah. you, if you go back yeah. a couple weeks or last week to our last weekly update, last week, yeah, I I eviscerated him over the Star Cruiser thing. Yeah, and and I know it's not directly him, but you know when you're in a corporation like that, all the crap flows yep. uphill, and so yep. you, you know he's going to get it. Well, because all the decisions trickle downhill. So. Right, you're right. You're right. I, I agree with you again. If you want to see the tweet, uh, we quote quote tweeted it on our uh, Twitter at in nerdworthy. Right. Um, so if you want to check it out there, you know, we also had a plug. If you, you know, we want people to support this film. Um, we obviously 1000 oh, percent, you know, and yeah, I, I can only stress, I can't stress this enough. The things Simu said, right. were powerful things. And there are people in this world 
who aren't going to see this movie because it, there are Asian people in it. You know, and that is absolutely wrong. And that's, you know, in the recent years, the box office has kind of backed, you know, these Asian Asian American actors up. I mean, look at a film like uh, Pretty Rich Asians that that lit the box office on fire. Crazy Rich Asians. Considering, you know, it was a romantic comedy, right? Yeah. Crazy Rich Asians. For- Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm talking about, I'm, I'm mixing it with Pretty Little Liars, I think. <laughs> so- Just getting all of my uh, romantic comedies and romantic dramas mixed up. That's a fair. That's a fair. That's <laughs> fair. I think. Uh, but no, I'm I'm with you. I think not only are we talking about the success of Asian and Asian American, uh, you know, dominated films, but Black Panther, at the time it was released, I mean, let's be honest. Like most people have told us, you know, as long as cinema's been around, you cannot have a predominantly African African American uh, filled film that yep. would succeed at the box office and black Panther and comes boom. along, makes a billion and a half dollars. And, and that mm-hmm. stereotype goes away. So it became a cultural, just event. Right. On top right. Of that. I'll it be became, on, like, when I saw yeah. black Panther, I was one of probably 10 white people, uh, and it, in the and theater. It was same, same for me. And it was honestly probably one of the best, like environments, like movie going experiences that I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And, and, and it's, you experience it again. It's it's not so much that you can relate, but it, it, the elation of understanding what this means to them, you know, to a culture, to a people, to a community, mm-hmm. um, and just being able to to be a part and and witness some kind of like cultural event like that. It, yeah. I mean, I, it, it means a lot to me uh, because I, I know it means a lot to them. Right. Right. We'll never experience it the same way. Exactly. Um, because, you know, the system has set us up to, you know, not be able to appreciate things like that because we're so used to seeing right. people that look like us in, in exactly. film, right? So it, it really kind of puts into perspective, you know, what these films can mean to, you know, communities of people, uh, to, to different races, ages, sexes, you know, representation matters. Um, exactly. and, and that's why I, I 100% agree with Simu. I want this movie to do well. I want this to blow up the Asian, Asian American stereotype in cinema. I want this exactly. to make all the money. But again, to me, Bob Chappick's comment was directed at the fact that this is a movie that is releasing in the middle of a pandemic solely mm-hmm. in theaters. When people know that 45 days later, you're going to have a release on Disney plus remember black widow, For $30, right? Black widow released, premiere access and in theaters the same day. This is the first time day Disney day, yeah. has done what they're doing. And that's why it is an experiment for Disney. It's not an experiment because mm-hmm. uh, it's yeah. an Asian American or Asian dominated right. film. You have to look at it in terms of all the other moronic decisions we've talked about from Bob Chappick. He is making a comment about dollar signs. And because I'm pretty sure that's all the guy sees. Or dollar signs. Like, I don't think he really cares much about anything else. So, like, again, you know, while, I, while I'll stress that Simu's comments were powerful and needed, I don't think they fit Chappick's comments to, a, to the T, you know. Um, I, don't, I don't think this was a direct, like, that, that that's what Chappick was meaning 
by that statement. But I, you know, all of this to say, I still hate Bob Chappick. So yeah, I, I can't imagine that he uh, he made a phone call to to Simu to explain himself either. I don't. No. Where, no. Whereas, again, you know, people want to ride Bob Iger, and I, you know, I think Bob Iger did some things that I didn't agree with as well. But if this had come out yeah. under Bob Iger, Bob Iger's making a phone call. Yep. So, or making a statement. Right. Instead, something. Well, Disney will make a statement and then they'll make it worse, just like they did with Scarlett Johansson and right. calling her like and a, a terrible human being. And right. We'll yep. get into that a little bit later too. But yep. yeah. So, but like, like Ian referenced, uh, we have some early predictions on the box office for uh, Shang-Chi. Uh, it's, again, I think this is to be expected. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I struggle with this. I, there, are, there are varying views on this number. Yeah. So I think right now we've got it. 55 million is about like, probably, I'd say like mid range or maybe, yeah, maybe that's what the early bottom third. Early, yeah. Early um, predictions are saying. And, and, and again, that's going to be near the, near the bottom of, of the MCU. Right. But, but yeah, I mean, it's it, going to be near the top of any film's first weekend in the pandemic. Right. It's a little bit behind Black Widow, I think. Yeah. Um, that 55 million would be, I think. But right. Uh, yeah. I, again, like I struggle with this because I, I, I agree. So twofold. Most of your one-off uh, character movies in the MCU do not perform as well as obviously your big blockbuster tent pulse. So you can automatically dock some of the the earnings to that immediately, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not going to open. To, like end game, it's not going to open like infinity war Avengers, right. anything like that. Okay. Right. To cross that out. Yeah. That's not happening. No. And, and then you've got to look at it again from a, okay, you're going to get all the trolls that don't want to go. So fine, mm-hmm. whatever. And then you've got the pandemic still going on and, or picking back up, you know, whatever. I'm not going to get into that debate, but, um, I think 55 million is pretty impressive given, I mean, we just talked about uh, given everything that's yeah, free guys twenty eight million. Um, mm-hmm. That's double that. Um, it's mm-hmm. double what Suicide Squad made. I think the only thing it would be tracking behind since the pandemic is Black Widow, which so, made eighty. Yeah. So, you know, I, I guess I'm not. I would love to see it do better because I want this movie to succeed. Um, right. And I don't. It, it, but again, I don't know that 55 million is a terrible result. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't either. I mean, Godzilla versus Kong opened at 31 million. And that movie has made 400 plus million worldwide. Um, F- uh, Fast and Furious opened at about 70. So that would be, you know, this is a little under that. But Fast and Furious has made almost 700 million worldwide. And it opened in June. So, and, and I, I do think that this number might be a little low compared to what it actually brings in. I could see this bringing 65. I hope it does. Because here's, here's the other question, right? It's if this opens at 55 million and Widow opened it, what'd you say? 80 million? Is that right? 80, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But Widow opened with premier access at the same time. So that 80 million is not. Time does not account for the premier access dollars, right? right? That is solely box office numbers. So is 55 million going to persuade Disney 
to put these movies only in theaters or does, right. does black widow say, Hey, I can make double the money if I put them on premier access. Right. I mean, you know, I can I can have my hundred plus million opening still. Right, as long as you write the contract so you don't get sued if you put it on right <laughs> access, then you might be and, better and off. Honestly, and with this forty five day plan, they might make more money. I think they than will. they would a day and date. You know, you got forty five days later. Oh yeah, I did want to see that again. I'll buy it. Yeah, but- and then and and then even later down the line that's when you'll also have the Blu-ray collectors going to buy the Blu-ray. There's going to be people that see it in the theater, buy it on Disney plus, and then go buy the the 4k Blu-ray or Blu-ray. And here's the fatal flaw with suicide squad as well, right? We talked about it only made 7 million in its second weekend. Okay. You know why? Because I went and saw it in theaters and then I've watched it three times at home because I don't have to go to the theater. I can park my butt on a couch and I don't have to go pay anymore to go to the theater yep. and watch it. I got my movie going experience and I can sit at home. So instead of making that and money, I can off sit on my couch theater, and pause it. Right. Right. I, instead of me going to the theater three more times, which I probably wouldn't have, I maybe seen it one, maybe two more times mm-hmm. maybe like, one or two, in, a, yeah. in a normal year. Right. That's just how I operate. But like now I don't have to, because I know it's at home. I can just flip it on. No big deal. Where, where, and you know, that is a good point now. Right. And that is, and that is a good point. You think about a movie like Shang-Chi in a normal circumstance, I'm seeing that movie three times. In Easy. The yep. And now I'm going to see it once and I'm going to wait my 45 days. Ooh, really? I'll probably see it twice. I mean, if it blows me away, which I really hope and based on the trailers kind of expect it to do maybe twice, but I, I mean, third, this, this box office, 55 million plus the, the, the people 45 days later that want that want to watch it again or, you know, that have experienced some sort of a FOMO, you know, and they, you know, they missed out on the theater or, you know, I, I think you're going to see more Disney plus sales on the 45 day. than you saw Disney plus sales for black widow same day. I think. Yeah. I mean that, or maybe I, maybe that's just me being hopeful because I really, really, really want this movie to succeed. Yeah. And we'll talk about, right now why we have some hope that it will succeed yeah and that is we got a high resolution shot of abomination finally looks great yeah so for for those of you who don't know uh, i'm a giant hulk fan because i i i similarly only have my my moods are varying stages of rage um (laughs) like i'm either like can't confirm yeah so that's not that's not a joke. I'm just like generally angry. It's just a matter of like how angry I am on a given moment. Um, and and in fact, Ian, my buddy over there, bought me an Abomination Marvel Legends figure for uh, I think my birthday or Christmas. It was one of the two. So um, one of those two things. I, I do, and it's still in my basement. And maybe one day when we get on Twitch, we'll and YouTube, we'll, you'll you'll be able to see it. But like, let's be honest, the Abomination from the Incredible Hulk movie doesn't really look like the iterations we've seen of abomination in a lot of the comics and to see like the fins on his ears and to see like the, the, the more like swamp creature feel with the fin on his back. Um, he looks like abomination. Like we would have anticipated seeing abomination. Right. Um, and that, and that really like, again, the character is not anything to like write home about in terms of great backstory and story arc. Right. But, 
it, it it's good to see like a comic accurate uh iteration of of abomination and i know people are like well what about taskmaster again taskmaster looked close enough to me that it didn't bother me whereas like abomination Bingo. looked like a he wasn't even green he was like no. pale white he was like puke colored right which <laughs> I, I get it you don't want to have two green villains but like get over it so right i thought he looked glorious i'm excited to see it i, I don't know what role he's going to play uh in the movie obviously but uh, I, I would imagine it's probably just a cameo maybe like a tease to thunderbolts or something mm-hmm. but like it is it's just cool to see uh the the level of detail because when you get in there he kind of like Got that Jeepers Creepers look in the face. Yep. He's got the the fins on his ear. I mean, it looks great. Yep. Everything's there. Yeah. And the fact that he's fighting Wong in that in that scene just makes it even which just makes it even cooler. Yeah, I'm like still trying and, to figure out what the hell Wong's doing there, man. Like, what? Well, you know, we might find out soon because the premiere is tonight. Whoa! What the a transition! Boom! I'm back. I'm back, baby. <laughs> The world premiere of Shang-Chi is tonight, and we are recording this on Monday, August 16th. So for you guys listening, this would have been last night. Uh, but the premiere is happening. Um, I'm not sure where the world this world premiere it's is. In is, is it in California? Yeah. Is it? Okay. I saw Brandon it's Davis with his flight. Right. <laughs> always out there, always, always on top of it. But that with the world premiere, that usually means we're going to get our very first reactions to the film. You know, these are going to be quick, you know, Twitter reactions to the movie. Basically, it is good or we didn't like it. You know, we're one of the, that's all we're going to learn. But it is it's, it is going to be nice to see. And I think that we'll play the, these first reactions, given how stringent people are being right now on going out. I think these first reactions are very important to that $55 million number. If they're positive, that number is going to go up. If they're mediocre or less, that number is going to stay where it is or go down. Yeah, I I would tend to agree with you. I think, again, anybody that's familiar with the movie industry, you know what we're going to get. It's beautiful, It blah, 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 or like it just didn't do it for me. You're not going to get like a a score rating or it's not going to translate to Rotten Tomatoes. These are just... Twitter reactions mm-hmm. or Instagram reactions. Um, but I, from what I understand, they are allowed to drop those after they see the movie, which is a little unique because typically if a studio is uh, uh, worried about a release, they'll put an embargo on reactions. Um, and so you, you release them closer to the movie. So then it doesn't have as much of an effect on the box office uh, if it's going to you know negatively impact your box office. So uh, I'm hopeful that that means the studio is you know, very confident or, right. uh, you know, very much behind this film because they're basically saying, you know, to, again, I don't know how I, I won't stay up to watch it. Cause again, I think the premiere is like eight o'clock LA time. So yeah, it's gonna be I like, like probably two in the morning before we start getting reactions. Not so happening. I'll see him in the morning, uh, you know, Tuesday uh, morning when you guys are listening to this, hopefully. Um, but I, again, I, I'm hopeful that we'll see that this is very positive because again, you know, if they're not very positive, I would anticipate that they would put an embargo on the reactions. I don't know how active Marvel is on that. You know, generally speaking, I feel like most times at the premiere, they, they, they allow the reactions to go. And I, I mean, they've got the basis to do it. So, um, you know, that's not a a total surprise. If they, another thing, if they were worried about it, this premiere would be closer to the release date. Yeah, that's right. There'd be less time in between the two. Yeah. So Um, I I think we're going to get 
positive yeah positive uh vibes from that and 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 yeah. again i i can't stress this enough if you guys are and we've talked you know if you follow us on twitter you've seen it if you're comfortable please 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 go see this yep. movie it, because, it, because it matters want- not only from you know a box office standpoint and keeping the movies alive be, i mean that's one aspect of this but mm-hmm. this movie matters to a, a larger community of people that have mm-hmm. felt underserved and, and underrepresented. And so and rightly felt that way. It, it, bingo. Um, and so we, this is a movie that is worth your, your time and support. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and hopefully so the content, that. you know, matches up with that. And I think it will, because right. if you see the things that Shimu says, uh, the rest of the cast and even, you know, Benedict uh, Wong who yep. plays Wong, um, he is he is stunned by the fact like how great this cast is, uh, how much it means to them, and and I really hope that it translates to to all of us. So, and you know, and it. there and there are there are rumors out there of where the Shang Chi of it all, the Shang Chi universe, where that goes from here. You know, if it's successful, and you know, a lot of these rumors are pointing towards an Agents of Atlas style transition where we're seeing a team of Asian and Asian American superheroes. Um, And if you haven't read agents of Atlas, it's a fairly new comic, a fairly new concept and comic with some fairly new characters. You guys should check it out. It is very, it is uh, a very good comic book that eventually branched off into some really cool individual character comics. And so one of my, one of the, one of the other possibilities that have, has been rumored out there is that, yeah. uh, Shang-Chi will eventually take the position, I guess, or maybe replace, uh, iron fist within the, um, MCU. I mean, they, yeah, they're, they're, they're similar characters, you know, in terms of, you know, power, obviously Shang-Chi doesn't have a, an iron fist. Um, but there have been some rumors that, you know, Kung Lao, uh, or Kun Lun will, will somehow Kung Lao. That's Mortal Kombat reference. (laughs) That's Mortal Kombat, (laughs) (laughs) which is a terrible movie. Sorry. I mean, I love it, but it's bad. Uh, Kun Lun will maybe make an appearance or at least be referenced in, in, in Shang-Chi. Uh, and that actually ties into another story we got this week, uh, in that, the the stunt coordinator uh, for the Netflix show Iron Fist. Yeah, I mean, it even surprises me that that show had a stunt coordinator. <laughs> but go ahead, continue. Well, this is why it might not be that surprising. Right. Uh, he basically confirmed that Finn Jones, who played Danny Rand, uh, essentially refused to train for that show. Which, if you've seen the show, you will be not surprised at that at all. Uh, he was of, in my opinion, of the Netflix characters, the worst, and it's not close. Um, Finn Jones, the, it, it, it really hurt, right? There, I mean, there's a yeah. scene when he fights like a, a drunk ninja and the drunk ninja yeah. has more personality in the five mm-hmm. minutes on screen and does more badass things than Finn Jones does in the entire show. And, like Jessica and that, uh, that, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. That, well, that, that drunk ninja almost was Danny Rand. And and should have been, been. should have been. And then you got Jessica Fenwick. I mean, totally 
not her fault. I mean, she was great. Oh, no, in, she's in the, the limited very role. clearly the best part of the, yeah. It just, best like, part of the Finn Jones was, in my opinion, Marvel's, and I, and I guess you can't really put it on Feige because they're not yeah, really well, really but he's the, he's, he's the Marvel's worst casting of all time. Like, it is yes. so, so bad. And Him and Terrence Howard. Yeah, well, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. made sure to fix that issue. <laughs> but yeah, so again, I don't know that I like the idea of replacing Iron Fist, uh, you know, and making Shang-Chi kind of like his stand-in kind of deal. Yeah. I would love to see I, Iron I'd Fist like to see another anything. character become the Iron Fist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, help make Aquafina the next Iron Fist. You know, like change it up. But I do think this character belongs in the MCU proper. This character is too too great of a character to not be portrayed accurately. Yeah, and this you is know, one for of the, the most part. You know, Luke Cage wasn't a great show in my opinion, but Mike Coulter portrayed the character to a T. Yeah, and I mean, we've heard rumors that they're going to recast both Iron Fist and Luke Cage. Yeah, I think that's right. unfortunate, like uh, for Mike Coulter, because I, I do think you know he plays that role well. I can I can understand mm-hmm. if they want to go somebody younger. I think he's probably in his like, yeah he's forties forties yeah. probably yeah. yeah. So I, I get that, I guess, but like I don't know. Like I'm telling you, just just keep these Shang Chi movies going with Shang Chi and the Legend of something. Yeah, the Legend Make of the, the Iron next Fist. One, the Legend, the Legend of the Iron Fist, the Legend of Kun Lun. You know, whatever. Just keep them. Just keep them coming. Just and keep that's Marvel style. Content. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's for what a, for third time for good measure. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, I, I, this this news is not surprising about Finn Jones. He sucks. Please recast but, Iron Fist yep. and let's start over again. That that's basically yep. all we wanted to say about that. So, <laughs> but you know, if, if you know, when it comes to choreography, though, um, I, I I need the choreography for Marvel's Moon Knight to take the cake wow. as it, as it, uh, as it would be. I need, uh, this movie to be brutal. I need this movie to be, or this, I keep saying movie, this series. I need this series to be brutal as brutal as they can be, as it can be on Disney plus. Um, and I need the choreography to be as great as the training videos we have seen with Mr. Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Um, but to do all those moves, Moon Knight needs a cool suit. And just as it happens, um, there was a supposed, and I want to, you know, put asterisks around supposed. Everyone is reporting this. Everyone is putting this on their social medias. And to this point, Marvel and Disney have not said that's fake. So take with that what you will. But this past week, we got an image that from a supposed screen test, of somebody, maybe Oscar Isaac, maybe not, in the moon in the Moon Knight, or at least one of Moon Knight's outfits from the series, allegedly and allegedly, yes. What do you do? Okay, do you think it's a real image? What do you think? I struggle with this a little bit. So, like, my immediate reaction was that's fake as hell. I would agree. But as people has can have continued to report it and the lack of denial, which could just be a, a you know, a you know, 
Disney might just be happy about this news. They're like, oh man, look what look free, at the press that free marketing right now. Right, exactly. Um, or maybe they're saying this as okay. Now we know what not to do for the suit, if or what to do, what twe- tweaks to make, <laughs> if this image is uh, real or not. You know? And that's not the first time this has happened with Oscar Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> it is not. If for, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> X, when X-Men Apocalypse was coming out and Oscar Isaac plays Apocalypse, uh, mm-hmm. there was a, a promo image on like, I don't know. It was like one of the, one of the, I was like Empire, one of the magazine covers yeah, one of, those, yeah. of, of Apocalypse. And he looked like Ivan Ooze from Power Rangers and everyone oh, like goodness. freaked out. And then like not 10 minutes later, Fox goes in and changes the look and then drops a new trailer. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, to me, I'm with the end. Like I thought it was fake at first. You don't really see images like this where, where, where like the actor's eyes are already lit up and in, in the image, right. The, the eyes are already blurred out. They're like bloodshot white. Um, that, that being said though, like it does have elements that make this seem like practical in terms of a screen, uh, you know, coming coming to life on screen i think a little bit um especially you know when when i started to think about it a little bit more i think in a lot of instances a lot of us are probably you, you know folks that read moon knight especially some of the recent runs you're you're a lot more used to his you know silk white like flat you know clean put together suit right mm-hmm. we have to keep in mind though that this is most likely an origin story and the origin starts, you know, in the desert, okay, from like ancient gods. So Correct. would it surprise me that his suit looks like it is based on like a mummy? I mean, not yeah. really. You know, a mummy, Egyptian gods, any of those things, you know, it, it makes sense to me for that to be the case. And on top of that, for anybody who, again, for anybody who reads Moon Knight, Moon Knight is not careful about anything. That suit's going to see some damage. Right. Because that is who Moon Knight is. Um, so the ruggedness of the outfit, to me, fits the character. Yeah, especially. Of, of, of this, the ruggedness of this image, anyway. Yeah, especially if this is really going to be an origin story, right? I mean, right. We, we've kind of seen this a little bit with Daredevil, right? Where he starts with like a t-shirt and, and, a, and a... I mean, yeah, that was the whole first over season. Right. He didn't even have... Yeah, it would and be, the whole third season. It'd be cool to kind of get a character that started with an actual suit and then like progressively upgrades it, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. we've we've seen it off screen with like Captain America going from his you know whitey tidies up into right. like yeah. you know whatever. But uh, you know, or hell, even even the trans even have the series of tra- uh, as a, a transition of from Moon Knight, this version of Moon Knight, and by the end of the season, he's in a suit and tie and he's Mister Knight. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've got to keep in mind also that uh, Moon Knight has a variety of personalities. So, correct. would it be would I be interested to see like maybe a different suit for different personalities? I don't. Bingo. I mean, maybe you could do something. I mean, again, I think Moon Knight has kind of got a canvas, like a blank canvas that they can paint with a little bit here. Mm-hmm. And so, I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of the suit. I don't know that this will be like his final right. suit, right? Yeah, this doesn't, this doesn't come across to me as this. Okay. This comes across to me as moon Knight just after everything has happened in the desert. Agreed. And 
he may not even have his money yet. Right. As, as we, as we know, Moon Knight becomes fairly rich, uh, maybe not Batman rich, but fairly rich. And that's how he is able to arm himself with moon gadgets. So at this point, maybe these are just, you know, rags that he found wrappings that he found. And this is the suit that he came up with after a, an Egyptian vengeance. God brings him back to life. You know, what would be helpful is if they just showed us a trailer. Yep. You know, I keep saying that about this and about Miss Marvel and about Hawkeye and about another Eternals trailer and about No Way Home. I could the list goes on and on. <laughs> yeah, Hell, I'll we're take. Not getting I, 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 it's getting it's getting close to time where I'm going to start complaining. I don't have a Multiverse of Madness trailer. You're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, something we, that we did get over the past week. Yeah, we got a, we got a nice little thirty minutes of something. Yeah. So we're going to give you our non-spoiler thoughts on uh, what if, and again, yeah. uh, we're, we're, we talked about this a little bit with some other 30 minute shows. We are not going to deep dive each one of these episodes at the end of season one of what if we'll dive into it uh, for everyone. Yeah, we'll deep dive the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Cause it, to, to me it's hard. And I think a lot of people have graded this episode harshly uh, because they've taken it out of context. And you don't know what yeah. the context is yet. So uh, I think it's more appropriate with a show like this, especially to, to do the whole thing. So we're not, we're not going to do that. We're just going to give you our, our quick cliff notes, you know, give you a score mm-hmm. and then kind of the things that we liked, didn't like. Um, I, yeah, we'll I, try to keep it as spoiler free yeah. as possible. So I probably grade it um, between a six and a half and a seven and a half. I, I, I'm going to pick right in the middle. I'm going to go IGN. Uh, actually I'll make it a little different. I'm going to go 7.1. I think it's a little bit better than uh, a seven, but not much. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think their pacing issues throughout, uh, they, they, they do take some things for granted. If you're not a Marvel nerd, you, some of the stuff may go over your head and you might be like, wait a minute. Like what? Cause they, they, they do, they really presuppose that you've seen the first Avenger about 30 times. Um, yeah. And so that, that was like one of the things that I think detracted from it, but somebody like me and you who've seen first Avenger a billion times, we caught everything the first time we watched it. Right. Yeah. So like, it probably is a little bit better for someone like us, uh, who, you know, has, has seen the movie a bunch than somebody who maybe has seen it once and doesn't really remember it. I think you're going to have a hard time relating and be like, wait, how do we go from this to that, to that, to that? Yeah. Um, because it does. And I think that's probably the only detraction for me is like, it does presuppose uh, that, you know, this knowledge. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, other than that, I thought the animation was generally good to great. Yes. Um, yeah. There's some, there, there were some wonky things that kind of caught me off uh, the first go around. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, sometimes I like watching, I'm like, that seemed weird, but uh, you know, generally speaking, I thought it was good. I don't think it was great, but again, I'm not going to grade it too harshly because Again, this was their first animated show. Uh, we don't know what the context of this is, and 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 again, I'm 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 more excited to see where where we go if it continues down this path, and I'll start hammering it a little bit. But uh, from every, from all accounts, it gets better as we go. So I'm going to give episode one kind of a benefit of the doubt and give it that extra point one uh, as there to, you, you know what IGN would would do. Although I think they gave it like a six, but screw them. So <laughs> you know I. 
I want to pre- I'm going to preface what I'm going to say with I think this uh, this series in particular um especially more so than the other 3 Marvel series so far I think this show would have benefited from a 3 episode drop to begin with Agreed. like some other streaming services do um getting the first 3 of this series at one time I think would have been beneficial um for the first episode, I think this is going to be one of the first times that this has happened on the podcast. I'm giving it a 6.8. Lower than Tanner. Um, the story, if I was grading the story, I'm going to give it much higher. Um, the story is cool. And it's taking, and you can t- already tell, even if you don't know where it's going, if you don't quite understand the context, I think that gives you enough to know that this story is going to be interesting and cool. And I think they also give you enough to tell you that this story is going to be important in some way, shape, or form to the MCU as a whole, um, which a lot of people were wondering would be the case, being it's first the first animated series. Um, but the pacing issues are the pa- they're not even necessarily issues. They're they're it is paced the way it is because it expects, like Tanner said, it expects you to under to know this material to a T. And I do not think that that is the right move. I personally am able to catch all of those things. You know, I've seen the first Avenger a dozen times, but they have to make these things for people who haven't and for kids. Um, So the fast pace on one hand is going to keep a kid who's watching an animated show interested probably. But at the same time, all those nuanced things that you put in the show are going right over a kid's head because everything happens too quickly. Um, and I think it makes the story of the first Avenger a little, uh, it makes the story a little less, uh, what's the right way to put it? It is, it isn't as impactful when you're seeing this whole story happen in 20 minutes, 26 minutes, whatever, as opposed to two hours. Um, and then on the side of the animation, I think the animation is gorgeous when it comes to action and you know, the, the, you know, what we would in a movie would be the special effects, you know, the action and the explosions and the fights and all of that are excellent where it caught me off guard was in the uh, conversations and the voice. Um, I I will say the voice over work is excellent. The actors are excellent, Uh, but there to me was a clear disconnect in some of the scenes between the voice acting and what was appearing on screen. Um, sometimes the emotion and the dialogue didn't quite match up what was ha- with what was happening on the characters' faces, in my opinion. And that kind of pulled me out of it, especially, you know, and we're going to talk about this a little later in the week, when you're getting good animation um, on Disney Plus as well on Lucasfilm side. Uh, they're putting out some gorgeous animation. Whether What you think of the story, we'll talk about that. But the animation itself is gorgeous. And so, and they don't have that problem. So when you're going from one day watching what that this stuff happened on, what if to two days later watching the bad batch, I think in that area, there is a night and day difference. Um, so that pulled me out of it a lot. Um, if, you know, I do expect this series to garner much higher scores from me, uh, as it continues though. So, I, I, you know, as is usually the case, I am still, even with the lower score that I've given it, I am still hooked. I'm still along for the ride. 
I will be watching every Wednesday. Um, I, I am excited to see where it goes. And I will say just as a final thing that Jeffrey Wright is perfect as Uatu the watcher. Agreed. Yeah. He, he, his five to 10 lines in that show steal. Yeah. Uh, Very minimal in this episode, but give it time. Yeah. So from that, I guess to a bit of bad news. Uh, yeah. We, a little bit. We're, we're kind of going back and forth between good and bad stuff here. We're trying to keep it even, right? We're trying to balance everybody's yeah. day out. Uh, we keep everyone on the edge. Of <laughs> we're a little upper and a little downer. That's called a speed. A little ball. bit of downer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, don't do drugs, kids. Yeah, please don't. Um, so like we said, a bit of a bad, <laughs> bit of bad news. Uh, we, we, we talked about this on the last weekly update. It seemed to uh, kind of saw this coming. Yeah. Writing was on the wall. Venom. Let there be carnage has been delayed to October 15th. Uh, that was confirmed this week. Uh, it's, it's weird to me because like, I think they probably just wanted to give a little more lead time to see what, um, these other tentpole franchises are doing in terms of money. Right. right. Uh, I think that's probably the reason. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if this gets delayed again. Uh, mm-hmm. because that's just what yeah, this, this movie is, does. This is a, a classic wait and see situation. It, it, and this delay makes it clear that they're, they've got all eyes on Shang-Chi. Yeah. I mean, what studios do and somebody's eventually going to have to have the, the, the gall to stand in there and say, we're going to take the punch. Um, yep. And I think Disney, their pockets are fat enough. They can do it. Um, and they, they can do it. And they, yep. and they did it with free guy to some extent. And it sounds like uh-huh. it's full bore. We're going to stand in with, with uh, Shang-Chi as well. Um, I would hate, hate for all these reviewers to get to see this movie and then you know shang chi gets delayed until end of next year or something stupid that would be because that's what what happened with widow really um Mm -hmm. and so all they've 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 seen it they sat on it you know whatever and that would drive me nuts so um i i think from everything we've heard disney's going to stand in and marvel's going to stand in with shang chi we're going to see it uh on september third you know normally i'd see on september 2nd but i have a pre-existing engagement on september 2nd so i'll be seeing it on third as well um oh io uh so yeah this is this is sad news uh i i I don't think it's unexpected news and just goes back Mm -hmm. to what we've been saying you know do what you got to do folks yeah i think it's sad from a uh general film standpoint but i don't really care from this film because i'm not really vibing on this film yet anyway oh yeah for a hundred percent i'm talking more of it like from a yeah from a from a uh yeah where we're going from here in terms from a of theater going yeah. yes yeah. from a trend standpoint this sucks but let's be honest this movie doesn't look great yet so but maybe they're not um, showing us anything and if that's the case great right well you know if they aren't showing us stuff then maybe you know there is some credence to the next rumor about Venom, um, it has been rumored across multiple outlets that uh, J.K. Simmons will uh, appear in Venom as J. Jonah Jameson. Um, I honestly don't even have much to say about that. I mean, it's a Spider-Verse. Makes sense that there's a J. Jonah Jameson in whatever verse Venom is in. Um It'd be a cool, I'm sure it's just a cool, if he, if it is there, it's just a cool cameo. Um, that's all I really got to say about that. It'd be cool if he went back, uh, and, and w- was working for, uh, 
J. Jonah Jameson. That'd be kind of fun. See, now that would be interesting. Right. Yeah, that, that'd be kind of fun. And we don't know because he's like a freelance writer right now. So right. he's got some options. Uh, maybe he mm-hmm. does the Peter Parker. I'll take uh, I'll take contractor photos for you from from the original yeah. Spider-Man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, th- I think better than Topher Grace doing that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Why no no dancing uh, either in this movie? Yeah, hopefully, please. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense. We you know we've seen them tra- start to cross over characters that we've seen in the MCU with uh, Vulture appearing in the uh, Morbius trailer. So, like you said, this yep. makes sense to me. Um, you know, I'm not going to get all that worked up about it until yeah. Tom Holland shows up. And if you saw some of the Bingo. concept art, maybe that was happening. But we're not going to talk too much about yep. that because. Again, concept art means nothing, as we've seen with Suicide Squad. So, uh, other than you know, I'd buy it if they sold it. But you know, that, that's about it. But honestly, um, I really just want to talk about the next story because <laughs> I care much more about this than I do about Venom. Um, I think we've talked about it a little bit on this show before, but Tanner and I both are were were and are big fans of Agents of Shield. Um, I, we, we definitely understand that the first, you know, three quarters of that first season was really, really, really difficult to watch because it was really, really bad, but that show turned around in a hurry and became some excellent television. If you have not watched it, I definitely recommend sticking with that first terrible few, those first terrible few episodes because it gets very good and, Probably, you know, other than Coulson, you know, it ha- they, they've got some great characters, but at the center of this show becoming excellent is Chloe Bennett's portrayal of Daisy Johnson, who we, a.k.a. Quake from the comics. Um, and Miss Chloe Bennett was cast and we've, I don't know if we talked, if talked about it on this show, but it's been, it's been, it was in the news for a long time. She was due to play Blossom in the live action uh, TV show of the Powerpuff Girls on the CW, I do believe, with Dove yep. Cameron and the another action uh, actress I cannot remember the name of. But Chloe Bennett has dropped out of the Powerpuff Girls due to a scheduling conflict. Yeah, this is not this is not a we don't like the the script anymore. We don't or you know creative differences. This is yeah scheduling conflict, this which is, is interesting because something else started filming. And that would be, and 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 we know this is happening because Miss Amelia Clark has 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 told us uh, that would yep. be Secret Invasion. Uh, Correct. So what we know about Secret Invasion so far is that Amelia Clark and Samuel L. Jackson will be making a return, uh, and now you know putting you know you know connecting the dots, so to speak. Uh, this would seem to indicate that uh, Chloe Bennett. Uh, maybe making a return as Daisy Johnson. There's been rumors that uh, Clark Gregg, who plays Phil Coulson, is also uh, has been seen around the shooting area and is making a return appearance. Um, and even Elizabeth Hintridge, Hintridge, I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, I think you got it. She plays uh, Jenna Simmons in Agents of Shield. Uh, she, One of the other fantastic characters. Yes. Uh, you know, the only one we haven't been rumored is Fitz. And if Fitz isn't back, then, you know, I might riot because Fitz is yes. my boy. But uh, she was teasing a possible return to the MCU as well. Um, and so 
this poses the question of whether these characters from agents of shield are, are going to make their MCU debut because it's been kind of amorphous as to whether they're actually in the MCU. They like pull from it. I mean, Nick Fury made a cameo. Um, we've had other cameos like lady Sif. So it's, it's weird. Uh, because we've never really dealt with this and they were supposedly supposed to be part of the MCU and right. then they weren't. And now they might be. Well, we also got agent Carter and the, the howling commandos in that show as well. Right. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, it's so, you know, I, it has been a big question for a while, but I cannot stress this enough. I need this to be true. Um, if they are a part of the MCU, then Quake Daisy Johnson is probably in my top five or ten favorite characters in the MCU um, because she is just out of this world awesome in this show. In that show. Yeah, and, and, and for those of you who don't know, uh, Quake in the show gets her abilities through Terra Genesis, which is how the Inhumans are created. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. did a better in human show in three episodes than that crap ass thing that Jeb Loeb did. I And you really, know, this would be the perfect time to add a character like this who has gone through Terra Genesis, considering there is another character coming very soon this year or early next year who will have also gone through Terra Genesis that being Kamala Khan. Yeah, that's that's an interesting... You know, I hadn't really thought about that until you just said it, Ian. They better not try to not, you know, re-explain how Kamala that gets will, her power. That will hurt the show for me. Yeah, if she's if not that changes, human, then that's, that's a big no-no for me. Yeah, that that's a... and But the problem is, right, we have not established in humans right. in the MCU. And I tend to be pretty damn open yeah. to changes to the source material. But not that. That one is not is not really negotiable to me. They're, they're, they have the background pieces in place for them to make that explanation with, you know, we've had all of Captain Marvel about the Kree. Um so they they have the info, they have the background available for that to happen. So to me, it would be inexcusable for them not to do that. Agreed. Yeah, and and I think you know Daisy Johnson being like a member of Sword makes total sense. Bingo. Uh, you know, I think that's where Secret Invasion is going to live, right? You you saw in the the Far From Home movie uh, when you had uh, the scrolls standing in for Nick Fury um yep. and agent hill because nick and and maria were in space on their short sword yep. ship sword ship that's a mm-hmm. be careful with that one boys and girls sword yep. ship um <laughs> <laughs> so i mean it, I, I think it makes perfect logic sense uh it'll be interesting to see like what how how phil colson comes back to life for the third time right um but it, uh, you know they, they've done it enough times already they probably just got you know they'll just flip a coin and choose the next reason i guess this would be the, the fourth time wouldn't it because he came back as an lmd too oh god he sure did okay yeah so he round sure four. Did. or maybe they just yeah. leave him in an lmd well, and they i mean that would work too i mean that's the easiest way i guess yeah yeah but yeah i'm, I'm with, but, 100% with you 100% i need this to happen yeah, in the worst i need this to be the, the case yep. yeah she's incredible in the role Chloe Bennett is, um, and the character itself is had, was great for uh, six seasons, I do believe. And let's be honest, Agents, Agents of Shield crawled 
So WandaVision, Loki, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Bingo. Because Bingo. without Agents of Shield, those shows don't happen. And, those shows don't exist. And 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 I want I would love for the the folks that were involved in that. Mm-hmm. Um even what Dalton Greer and that is his name, the guy that played um uh, yes. yeah. Yeah. I, I would even love to have him back, even though he was a dick the whole show. Like Yeah, I'll th- take any of them. Mac, any of them. They deserve recognition for what they were able to pull off and eventually build into. Again, like we said, that first <laughs> season's a little rough. Um, but when you stick with it, that their inhuman storyline is amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Once the once the show syncs up with Captain America and the Winter Soldier, or Captain America the Winter Soldier, that is when the show takes off. Big when up. those two things sync, the show takes off. Yep. Um, but you know, along you know we've 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 talked about this theme of shows walking so others can run. You know, hopefully, hopefully, the Mandalorian has walked no they haven't walked has jogged so that the obi-wan series can fly um not my greatest transition (laughs) but you know we'll we'll work with it um the obi-wan series on disney plus has wrapped filming um this is nothing but good news yeah 100 percent agree i think the the only problem that obi-wan has is where agents of shield crawled so the marvel shows could could run uh, Mandalorian came out and ran it's, a sub sprinting, r- ran a sub two hour marathon, uh, or something. Yes. And now, uh, Obi-Wan's got to try to live up to yeah. that. Um, and, the freaking Usain Bolt out here. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they basically did uh, Mandalorian for my money is the best star Wars content there is, um, outside of episode four. Think, and episode yeah. Five. I don't think you can deny that. No, I don't even know. Mm. It's debatable. Well, you can't have season two of Mandalorian without the original without, trilogy. Yeah, so that's fair. Uh, Respect to what came before. Right. And, you know, you got to build, but like what Dave Filoni and John Favreau did in the Mandalorian is perfect. Uh, mm-hmm. Now what I, I will say, Deborah Chow is show running this um, and her episode did some of the very best episodes. Exactly. Her episodes of Mandalorian are Probably my favorites. I mean, Tyke has got one in there that I love. Peyton Reed's was good. Um, Peyton Reed's were, have been great too. Yeah, but I have high hopes for this. I know there were some rumblings early that it didn't go as planned, and they were reshooting a lot of it. Uh, I think that's because you know Deborah Chow probably got a hold of everything and said, "Listen, here, yep, we're going to do it my way, and my way is the right way." Uh, it, it'll be an interesting yep. story. Like again, I, I don't know. It, it's going to have to be more than him sitting on a desert planet watching a baby um yep so it'll be i'm interested to see like a teaser to see what we get uh you know there's been rumors about uh him possibly fighting uh anakin again uh as darth vader which you know i'd be in for um so yeah this is good news i don't know how they spin that story but please spin it because i want to see it yeah well anakin's not coming to tatooine because it's it's full of sand which is rough and full of sand you can't do that of course it gets everywhere it gets everywhere yeah Right. So, (laughs) you know, we don't know much about this series. All I can say is I'm excited. I'll be there the moment it drops on Disney plus. Um, and, uh, I'll be eagerly awaiting a a trailer. Yeah, I I would agree. So star Wars celebration, I assume would be the place to do that. Which is when again now, is that, 
I have no idea. It has been moved so many damn times. When D D twenty three that that's out like next August, isn't it? Like that's out a little bit too. So yeah, that could be that could be where. Well, it is. but no, we've got the we've got the uh, Disney Plus event coming in November. Remember? Ooh, I, that I like that idea. Yeah. Show me. Gimme, gimme, gimme. They're gonna have to show something there. Uh, we didn't plan to talk about this, but like, uh, right? Yeah, you're gonna have to show me probably Boba Fett. Miss- Miss Marvel. Uh, yeah, you would think. Uh, Hawkeye's an, probably a, out by a, then. An image, an image of Moon Knight, please. Right, you're gonna have to do that at least. Yeah, they, the problem is like, how do you have an a Disney Plus day? I mean, they, they've got to have something to sell, right? And and exactly. And, and I would imagine that OE one would probably be one of their their bigger sells. So you know, we'll we'll get stuff from Pixar and Disney as well, but. Anyone who watches that is is signing on to see what Star Wars and Marvel shows off. Bingo. Yep. But, you know, there are some other series out there. Um, this past week, we got our first three episodes. It's been, you know, this HBO Max doing it the way I like to see it. The first three episodes of Titans Season 3 has dropped on HBO Max. It dropped last Thursday, and they will be uh, one every Thursday from here on out. Um, I haven't missed minced my words about this series, uh, in the past, uh, season one and two are a tra tragic mess of, of, you know, that have some really cool scenes sprinkled in, um, some really cool ideas that they just do not execute in any good way, in any way, shape or form really. Um, but based on these first three episodes, I'm, I'm, I'm turning around a little bit. Um, I watched all three. They are very good. They are each sing each episode is very good. Um, I won't spoil anything. Obviously episode three ends with some huge stuff. I can, you can totally understand why they released these three at one time. Um, but the, it, it you know, I won't give this a crazy, I wouldn't give them, you know, a crazy good score, but compared to the scores I would give season one and two, this is exponentially better. Um, this is our first, and this is in the trailer, so I'm not spoiling anything. Um, this is the first, this is the first live action appearance of the Red Hood, um, as well as the first live action appearance of Barbara Gordon. Um, and they fixed some of the costumes. I'm not a huge fan of the Nightwing costume, but Starfire's costume is much better than the stripper outfit she's been in the last few seasons. Um, the action is great. The drama is great. The pacing is really what pulls this season ahead of the other two. You get the character moments that you want to see, but they don't stop dead in their tracks like the last two seasons have done. You'll get some really great, momentum building in the other two seasons. And then boom, you have this episode that means absolutely nothing to the rest of the story. Um, these three episodes move briskly um, while also giving you some fantastic character moments along the way. Um, if you haven't watched Titans now might be a good time to start. Um, I don't necessarily even think you need to see the first two seasons to understand what's going on. Um, just a general understanding of who the Teen Titans are would would probably be enough for you to 
to begin this. Plus, at the beginning of the first episode, they give you the the bare bones. Uh, what happened? Recap <laughs> of of season one and two, um, and they don't have much to show you because the other two seasons were trash. So, um, if if you are interested in Barbara Gordon, if you're interested in the Titans, if you're interested in the further live action debut of the Red Hood, I uh, strongly suggest checking out at least these first three episodes. Now, the the, the real tell will be if um, it just completely nosedives from here. Um, there is precedent for that to happen, but I will say these first three episodes were pretty, pretty damn fantastic. Well, then I might have to get in there and check it out. Cause I think I, I don't know <laughs> that I watched the first two seasons because of your recommendation not to. So uh, I'm going to blame you on that one. Uh, okay. <laughs> just, I'll take it. I'm just kidding. So yeah, you, you let me know how it continues and if it picks up, then maybe I'll jump in. Uh, yeah. So we did get uh, some more. TV, or we are about to get some more TV, I guess is the better way to put that. Um, I don't think I've talked about this too much. I am a huge Witcher fan. Um, The video games, the novels, and now the series as well. I have a Witcher tattoo on my right arm. Uh, I love The Witcher. Thank you. Uh, Hopefully adding to that here sometime soon. But uh, we are getting our first Witcher animated series. Um, I do believe that premieres on Monday. Yes, Monday. Um, this is Witcher Nightmare of the Wolf, and this follows Vesemir. Um, so this is a precursor to the series to the series with Henry Cavill. Vesemir was a Witcher is is still a Witcher within the span of Henry Cavill's uh, time, but Vesemir is the Witcher who trained and is kind of a father like figure to Geralt. Um, we will see Vesemir in season two of The Witcher, although he will be an old man at this point. Um, but in this anime series, he will be a young man, and it's going to the series is going to show us how the Witchers came to be uh, an endangered species, um, and that whole storyline behind that. I won't go into too much detail because I hope you all watch it on Monday. Um, Unfortunately, though, it is receiving some very mixed reviews. I've seen some people who really enjoyed it. I've I've seen some outlets who say that it panders too much to the Henry Cavill series, that it tries, it's using this to explain a lot of the Henry Cavill series um, too explicitly. But, you know, I, I don't know how much that will actually affect me. That actually sounds cool to me. So um, I will definitely be giving this a watch. Um, it, true to Netflix fashion, this will this will be a episode dump, and I will probably watch it in the span of a couple of days. Yeah, I mean, this I really really liked um, the foundation that The Witcher with, with Henry Cavill put down. Um, it makes perfect sense for Netflix to start trying to build a universe because they've kind of lost out on some of their their bigger properties, right? Yep. Like they had the the Marvel Netflix um, you know series going on, they've lost that, you know, so. Uh, this seems to be a logical step for them. Uh, and I do believe that first series is still one of their top three or five most watched series. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm looking forward to season two, which we're going to get in short order. So uh, mm-hmm. it makes sense for them to, like again, I, I hear all the media outlets, but like at the same time, why would you put out something counter to the universe that you're building? And the that doesn't exactly. make any damn sense. Like, 
exactly. Let's let's use some logic and reason here, folks. Like get over some it. common sense, guys. So yeah. But speaking of of universes that Netflix is building, uh, mm-hmm. there have been rumors about this show for a while. There was some drama uh, with this there show uh, for a while, but we finally got our our casting uh, for the live action avatar, the last airbender show. Uh, I will say, so mo- I, again, we won't go through the cast list. Most of these uh, cast members are relative unknowns to, I would, I would mm-hmm. assume to most, uh, you know, and very young, very young. Um, I, again, I just hope they get this right because the, the Nickelodeon avatar show, which is where Dave Filoni got to start. So that tells you, you know, if that tells you anything about how good it is. Right. If you've never seen Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, then get out from under the rock yeah. that you live under. It, it is. And go watch Avatar The Last It Airbender. is probably one of the top five animated shows I've ever watched in my life. Um, yeah. It, it might be one. I don't know. Maybe even top three. Yeah. yeah. I, I had to really sit down and think about it. It's beautiful. It's fun. Um, it, 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 the story's it's great. It, I mean, Perfect. And then they turn around both with Legend of Korra and then the live action last airbender movie and crapped all over it. Um, in my yeah, opinion, T- Tanner and I, Tanner and I differ a little bit on, on, uh, we definitely do not differ on the M night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> Let's I'll get that one out of the way real quick. That's a load of garbage, but we do differ a little bit. I, I enjoy it. It's, it is not in the same universe as the avatar the last airbender but i st- i still enjoy legend of Korra. i know you do and i you know sometimes i question our friendship over it but uh <laughs> yeah i just i think she's the worst um and it's not yo she is not the highlight of the show in my opinion but right which is yeah, the I show agree. is called avatar for god's sake she is the avatar that's stupid anyway i hear you any who's any who's yeah, I just hope they don't screw this up. You know, the the that's the main takeaway for me. Please don't f this up. Because the anime the 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 writer for the animated show, the 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 showrunner, I think for the animated show was going to showrun this live action show and then left over creative differences. So uh, that does yeah. not uh, bode well for bode me, well. Yeah. given how much I love the animated show. Now, again, I'm not one of these people that is going to hold them shot for shot to the animated show. But you can't, right? You can't screw this up. Um, Please, for the love of everything holy, do not screw this. Because up. they, I know Nickelodeon, because it's already been screwed, right? And I know Nickelodeon and and I would presumably Netflix have been in talks and and doing other Avatar uh, stories within that universe. And I don't think you mm-hmm. can do that unless you establish a strong uh, foundation. Yeah. Now, I don't know that you need to rehash that foundation like they're apparently doing in the show, but uh, you can't screw it up and then expect to build a universe out. Well, and 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 you know, different property. I understand that, but Netflix has already made this mistake recently. They had that uh, Jupiter's Legacy show that was supposed to launch this whole superhero universe on Netflix, surrounding those Mark Miller comic books. Um, they even had already started making some of the other shows, and then this show was not good. Um, I watched it. I regret watching it, whatever. Um, and so now they're stuck with this universe that they've already screwed up from the beginning. So learn from your mistakes. Speaking of learning from your mistakes, Ian, 
This is a perfect segue <laughs> into our next story. Boom. And we're back. So as most of you know, uh, we covered the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit uh, against Disney related to Black Widow's release. Um, there were rumors around that time that Emma Stone, who played Cruella DeVille in the movie Cruella, which released directly on uh, Premier Access. I don't even know that it, I guess it went to the theaters, but I, I'm not sure that it did. I don't think it mattered at that point. No. Um, there were there were reports that she was also considering her options um, regarding potential lawsuit against Disney for releasing Cruella uh, on Disney plus. Um, And so in what most normal businesses do and what Marvel, I'm not going to play Marvel is Disney. What Disney should have done with Scarlett Johansson, uh, they did with Emma Stone allegedly. Uh, So Emma Stone it's been confirmed essentially that we're going to get Cruella too. So for people that, you know, really needed another Cruella story, congratulations. You got it. Uh, I was actually pleasantly surprised by Cruella. Um, I thought it was going to be, I didn't watch well, it. you should, it's actually pretty good. Um, I'll wait for it to drop. I think it drops in like a week for free for free on go. Disney plus. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it there, you had something to look forward to. Um, we, we, we did the premiere access because we're suckers and that's what we do. Um, and <laughs> you know, I actually thought it was pretty good. Uh, it was some of the, the stuff was a little forced to me, but you know, generally speaking, it's an enjoyable watch and it's, it's really just like a fashion drama and it's kind of fun. It's like devil wears Prada, but with like Dalmatians, it's, eh, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and, and no dog violence in case anybody's wondering. So, well, no violence to the dogs. If that makes sense, there's some do- there's some dog violence, but not you know against the dogs. It's the dogs against. Understood. Anyway. Understood. Um. So, all that being said, Corella Two is uh, allegedly happening, and as part of this agreement, uh, Disney allegedly we're not going to know because this stuff is confidential and will be protected, and nobody will ever know what the actual mm-hmm. dollar figures are because that's how lawyers work. Um, but allegedly. Emma Stone got a payout uh, in the eight-figure range for Cruella, which for for those uh, that don't like numbers, that's or don't like to count to numbers, that's uh, at least ten million dollars, and mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's it was more than that, folks. Just throwing it out there. Yes, but that means she got at least ten million dollars for uh, Cruella, and with the understanding that she will get at least another eight figures, aka ten million dollars. Uh, when Cruella 2 drops and that will be the settlement mm-hmm. of any dispute they have essentially between uh, the premier access release of Cruella uh, instead of going to theaters. So uh, that is what happens in most instances. Uh, you know, I've been, I've been on the other side of these things. So I know. Um, so not shocking. Uh, Emma Stone gets her money. Now she's not going to say anything bad about Disney and now they're back in business. So, right. You know, and I think this, the, you know, Time will tell. I think you know. I think I think this could still happen with Scarlett Johansson anyway. So it it will. We'll never hear about it, and then it'll just go away. Yep. So. Yep. So that uh, on that ten to fifty million dollar note <laughs> ends our uh, entertainment news for the week. We'll finish off as we always do with a co- little comic corner action. Um, this past week saw the release of a new Defenders series from Marvel. Um, This is very different and a little more traditional 
than the defenders we have seen late, lately and on Netflix. This is not the uh, street-focused defenders, um, but more of our uh, superhero cosmic-centered defenders. Um, this is written by Al Ewing and drawn um, by Javier Rodriguez. Um, this team is Doctor Strange, who is a staple to the old uh, Defenders comics, as well as the Silver Surfer, the Masked Raider, who a lot of people don't know, but uh, was one of the very first characters that ever appeared in Marvel slash Titan comics back in the 30s. Um, Cloud, who is a pretty obscure character, and Red Harpy. And for a lot of you who do not know Red Harpy, that is the, I don't want to say evolved form, but it is a the new uh, name for Red She-Hulk, who, if you do not know, is Betty Ross. So Betty Ross is Red Harpy on this team as well. Um, so a very eclectic group, uh, but the comic is very good. Um, you will, you can always find me reading anything that has to do with Silver Surfer. I love Silver Surfer. Please, for the love of God, MCU, let's do live action Silver Surfer. Um, get off my soapbox there for a second. But um, the comic is very is very good. Um, it's very well well written, as our Ewing comics generally are. Um, so if you have not, definitely check that out. In a couple pieces of news, um, the first one is. Pretty huge, actually, in the comic world. Um, James Tinian IV has quit Batman. He is he has stepped down from his writing duties on Batman um, because he is moving on to more creator-owned and creator-focused books. He wants to create his own stuff, um, which in the comic book business is great for the writer because they make more money off of that. They get they see more uh, return on investment in that because. The powers at Marvel and DC do not pay comic book writers what they uh, should what they should be paying be paid. For example, uh, right? So, like we, we, I guess we could talk about this for a second. Ooh, the the five thousand dollar checks. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, uh, anytime Marvel releases one of their tentpole movies, it has a character that's created by a comic uh, artist, writer, whatever. Yep. Uh, Marvel's compensation to them. Marvel Studios and Disney, their compensation to those writers for releasing their one to two billion dollar movies is a five thousand dollar check. Yeah. So, you know, point zero 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 one percent of the movie's earnings goes to the comic book writers, which is pathetic. Uh so, you know, I loved James I love James Tinian. Um I've talked about his newest uh horror thriller comic uh on this podcast. Uh multiple times i believe um but he is you know he's also been great uh at the helm of batman so for those of you who read batman i'm sorry that he's gone but i I do you know i i do not uh blame the guy at all for leaving you know he's gonna make some excellent books and he will make more money from doing these excellent the, the excellent books that he will create so i wish him all the best uh, the next bit of news um also kind of sad for people who are fans of the character, but Chip Zdarsky's run on Daredevil will end in November. Um, this news broke uh, very recently um, with issue number 36. Now his run of Daredevil has been um, 
pretty excellent. And for anybody who's never read anything by Chip Zdarsky, you will, you will understand why he's an excellent writer. All of his stuff is great. Um, and if you have not read his book, sex criminals, I do, uh, think that everyone should read that everyone over 18, I should say, should read <laughs> that because it is very, uh, it might even borderline X rated on the, on the, on that comic. But, uh, this this series title, has been right. I mean, it, yeah, it's in the title. Uh, this series has been uh, popular because of its use of Electra. Um, Electra has been the acting daredevil in this series um, with a really really badass suit. I would have to say, um, and you know, like I said, I mean, it's Chip Zdarsky. It's very well written. Uh, but Marvel did say in their statement that he is not done with the character, just done with this series. So I, I assume he will be writing within this Daredevil universe in some capacity. He will just no longer write the main Daredevil comic. So I assume we're about to get an offshoot that will be written by just Chip Zdarsky. Uh, but that is it for the comic corner. Um, but we will, as always, look ahead. And we've got some good content coming to you. Um, we may actually release this next episode, which will be the uh, Bad Batch Deep Dive. We may release this early next week because of some travel plans Yeah, so that are happening from one of us. Sorry, guys. Uh, I, I am traveling with my in-laws. Uh, so, you know either pray for me or, you know, what, I don't know. Take that as what you, I'm just kidding. I love them. Uh, so yeah, we're actually going out I won't have great uh, service. We'll be out, out West in, in Yellowstone. So, you know, taking some time away, uh, before work picks up. So I apologize, but we will be deep diving bad batch as Ian said. Um, and I, you know, if it works for, for all of you, we would appreciate if you, uh, allow us to maybe, release our, our weekly update a little bit late next week. We'll substitute mm-hmm. the bad batch in uh, for our normal Tuesday drop. And then maybe uh, Thursday or Friday, we can get the, the weekly update and, and get you all caught yeah. up or we could just push it back a week and, you know, do two weeks depending on, you know, what, what the news yeah. cycle looks like. Yeah. Maybe we'll get some good news and we'll just have to release another episode. Exactly. So I appreciate you guys bearing with us. Uh, you know, we, we we do take vacations every once in a while. Uh, Ian's pretty much will, locked I, in I, you know, for now, but I will say you guys you guys should be pretty excited for the Bad Batch deep dive because uh, it will be probably one of the more critical deep dives, one of the more critical uh, scenarios that we that you'll see from us. We are, we uh, we have some things to say. Yeah, and this is actually the, probably the, the first Batch. time we really got to dive into anything Star Wars related. Exactly. Um, so expect some tangents. And 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 guys, I I don't know that I can reiterate this enough. If you heard my rant on Star Cruisers, uh, Star Wars is and will always be my first love. In in the nerddom, yep. uh, I like if if I, if I was dying tomorrow, uh, and you said I only get to see either the next Marvel movie, the next DC movie the next star Wars movie or name, name that franchise movie. I will pick star Wars a hundred out of a hundred times. Uh, 1000%. I love, I echo this sentiment. I I love star Wars. Nothing has ever 
made me feel more like me than Star Wars because I believe that Star Wars represents the fact that uh, everyone and 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 all things can be accepted and, and can coexist yep. into a universe. And and it's a, it's a story for everyone. So uh, we get very passionate and heated about Star Wars. So when it's yes, good, we do. it's good. And when it's bad, it's bad. Um, and so like Ian said, uh, this may be one of our more spirited conversations uh, just because more Star Wars doesn't mean good Star Wars. Again, I'm not, you know, we're not the type that, you know, goes out and, and bombs things just because X, Y, and Z, because, you know, we love the prequels. We love uh, the originals and, you know, I'll speak for me. I really enjoyed seven and I really enjoyed eight. Uh, yep, nine, nine has lost me and, and will never get me back. <laughs> yeah. Not, not in that realm, but, uh, yeah. and we also love the, the, the cartoons, right? I mean, we love clone yes. wars. We love rebels. Uh, I, I thought resistance was okay. So come join us to figure out what we thought about bad batch. Cause it could be a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, good. I, I, you know, I will say it will be a lot of fun. Yes, not even could be. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way as Tanner. Star Wars is my thing. Um, I have a Star Wars themed room in my house. Um, I absolutely love Star Wars. It is my first love and my main love um, from an entertainment standpoint, and it will probably stay that way for the majority or the entirety of my life. Yeah, I mean, uh, for God's sakes, I just spent so, three hundred fifty dollars on a stupid. Clone Wars dropship Lego set. You sure did. You know. You sure did. (laughs) It's glorious. And I'm so proud of you for doing so. (laughs) Do you think? Do you think people will be interested in us reviewing Legos? Because I can do that too. (laughs) I'll do it. Yeah. Let us know. Let us know if you guys want to see. If you guys want to hear our review of some Star Wars Legos, because uh, we we can do that or anything toy or collector related. We are. We can be on top of that. Uh, But yeah. Look forward to our Bad Batch deep dive um, or probably early next week, Monday or Tuesday, we'll drop that. Um, it will probably be a long one, so buckle in wherever you're working um, and, and, and enjoy the ride because I think we we have a lot to say and it will get emotional. Bingo. Yeah, so in the meantime, as always, feel free to hit us up on our socials in Nerdworthy on both Instagram and Twitter. We're pretty active there. If you tweet me, I like all your posts because I'm I'm a I'm a weirdo and Ian Ian does a great job responding yep. to everyone. Yeah, we're doing the same thing on Instagram. Yeah, so yep. if you're ever wondering who's behind, we just gave you the the peek behind the the curtain. So there you go. Um, but yeah, reach out to us <laughs> if if you want to hear us talk about anything, reviews, thoughts, you know, recommendations. We'd love to hear it, and we'll give we'll review anything you guys want. So uh, this is the yep. show's about you, and we look forward to talking to you. And as always, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Everyone have a fantastic week. Thanks, guys.